Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I am your host, Cody McBroom, and today I am going to kind of just riff. This is a solo podcast, and what I mean by riff, which uh, for those non-rock fans, actually is just shredding on a guitar. I mean, you're literally just riffing on a guitar. (laughs) So I'm going to riff on the podcast. I have three specific things I just feel like bringing up. I think it's going to hit home with a lot of you. I think it's going to resonate. Um, I'm keeping it real, raw, and relevant like I always do, and I think it's going to dive into some uh, some touchy and uh, semi-controversial things that are going to hopefully clear up the fog for you. They're going to wipe the fog away from your glasses so you can see clearly, get better results, and, uh, and know what is bullshit and what is reality uh, in the fitness space. So uh, today, I'm, this podcast, I'm, I'm calling it the three biggest fallacies of the fitness industry. Um, and I want to talk about three main points that I think are commonly uh, mistaken. I think you may be getting duped by and then uh, kind of dive into why and just kind of, again, riff, just rant. Um, I have three bullet points written down in front of me. I do not have a script for this. So I'm literally going to just kind of go off the cuff. I may read a little bit of a newsletter I threw out uh, today as I'm recording this because um, I think uh, if you're not on my newsletter, you got to get on it because this one was good. And I had a lot of people respond to it and say, uh, I had somebody respond to me. Actually, I'll read this one right now. She said, "Um, yo, this is why I gravitated towards your work. This is, this one is freaking great. Keep them coming. Um, And that is actually a client of mine. So um, shout out to Milshu. She actually read it and was like, this is exactly why I work with you. Um, I had a few other people reach out to me too, tell me it was amazing and, and so on and so forth. So like, I definitely hit home and that's why it made me think, you know what, I'm going to podcast on this and a couple other topics that I feel are very, very common with this. And, and again, like the, the actual subject line of this email was the fallacies of fitness influencers in 2022. So one of these topics is about fitness influencers and how they are duping you and how they're full of shit most of the time. Um, so I'll get to that in a sec, but, uh, the other two topics are about hormones versus energy balance. And then the other one is there's a diet, quote unquote, insert name, um, that works better than the other diets. So I'm going to kind of dive into these and I'm going to explain why they're not the case. I'm going to try to keep it straight to the point so we can just create as much content as possible and, and deliver a lot of value to you in the next 20 to 30 minutes and send you on your way. Uh, but before we get into the podcast, of course, this is a fitness and nutrition podcast. We also dive into other things like entrepreneurship, life, uh, family, productivity, personal development, stuff like that. But our main things are fitness and nutrition. And the main things I do is coach people. The main things my team does is coach people. And the reason I bring that up is because I've realized after shit, how long have I been podcasting? At least five years, if not longer. Um, I mean, after 800 episodes, I realized I don't plug my own coaching enough. So yes, the first sponsor of this show is our coaching. If you want to apply to work with myself or somebody on my team, you can head over to tailoredcoachingmethod.com slash online dash coaching, or click the link in the description of this podcast. Uh, we are the tailored coaching method. And when I say it that way, I mean it because I truly believe that we tailor the process of training and nutrition on a completely different level than anybody else in the industry. I think we take it so much further than most people. Um, and we do that because I have this like weird obsession of living up to the brand name. Um, I am a content creator. I am a uh, brand creator. I'm an entrepreneur. I am a writer, a storyteller through content. And because of that, branding is very important to me. And therefore, I do everything in my power to make sure that we stay true to the name Tailored Coaching Method. And if you want to experience that and experience how great your results could be with a truly tailored approach, that is where you head. 
Our next sponsor is First Form, the best supplements in the game with the best customer service. I cannot uh, stress that enough. Um, I'm so happy with everything they do between their supplements to their customer service, to the people on the team, to the love they've showed me, to their content creation, to their facility, to their clothing. I mean, they are the real deal. And I want to suggest you head over that way, firstform.com slash method, and take care of your supplement needs. And the thing I love the most about them, to be honest with you, is like, there's not a supplement I can't find there. And I think that there's a lot of supplement companies that are great, but there's not that many supplement companies that are great, have extremely high quality, have amazing service, and actually can fulfill all your supplement needs. Like when you go to their website, I don't know if there's a supplement you can't find, literally. Like it will cover all your needs, health, performance, muscle growth, fat loss, hormones, whatever you need. They got it. Firstform.com slash method. And last but not least, giantlifting.com. Uh, head over there, use the coupon code TCM10 for all of your fitness equipment needs. So if you need dumbbells, bars, specialty bars, flooring, benches, squat racks, garage gym equipment, bands, whatever you need, they got it. It's the best in the game, in my opinion. The quality is so high and they're actually affordable, which makes them way better. Uh, but add to that, there is a sale going on right now. So I mentioned this recently, but there is a sale for Halloween going on. Um, as long as it's the month of October, I believe it is going on. And you can also use TCM 10 to get another 10% on top of that. So now's the time to grab some equipment without a doubt. Um, all right. Those are our sponsors. So we're going to get into the podcast now. And this podcast, once again, is the is about the three biggest fallacies of our industry, of our fitness and nutrition industry. And if you don't know what a fallacy is, it is a uh, mistaken belief. It is a myth. It is something that you are falling for that you shouldn't be falling for because it's kind of bullshit, plain and simple, right? So the first one that I want to dive into, and I think this is going to be the one that's going to hit home the most. Um, this is the one that I kind of went off on in a newsletter. So again, if you head over to the website, download any of our free guides, you can join the newsletter. You can get the free content from myself. Um, they're exclusive to the newsletter, and I write these at least two, if not three or four, every single week of just extra free value-based content. Um, and this one, it was it was about this topic, and I'm really excited about this one because I think this is one of the things that irks me the most in the industry. And it's that influencers got where they are today from what they are selling you today. Right. And, and that's a fallacy. And I'm gonna repeat that. The fallacy is that influencers, fitness influencers got where they are today from what they are selling you today. So I'm going to read this newsletter because otherwise I'm just going to repeat it. And I, and I think it's it's beautifully written. I'm biased, <laughs> but I'm going to read it because I think it'll paint the picture better. So let me start. <laughs> and I, so it feels weird telling you that I'm going to read something on a podcast where I'm supposed to be just talking, but we never script it. So that's why it feels weird, but this is going to be slightly scripted now that I think about it, because I'm going to read this. So uh, the subject line was the fallacies of fitness influencers in 2022. And the number one thing in this biggest fallacy list of three is influencers got where they are today from what they are selling you today. So the biggest fallacy that people just like you continually fall for inside the fitness world is simply believing that what influencers currently do got them where they are now. See, the unfortunate reality is that 95% of fitness influencers did a lot of other things, quote unquote, to get where they are now with their bodies. And by other things, I mean being not what they are actually selling you today, right? They did not get where they are by doing the things that they are selling you today, in other words. In fact, I'd probably even say that the 5%, because I said 95% of fitness influencers, so I'd probably say that even the 5% who don't fall into that category, they're really just well-known coaches. They're popular online and probably would tell you not to call them an influencer if you called them one. 
I mean, I don't personally consider myself an influencer. I consider myself a well-known and just properly educated coach. But I also don't really know how many followers are required to be an influencer or how big your influence needs to be, um, how big your audience needs to be before you are considered to be in that category. But the point is, is influencers sell things that are far from what they actually did to get their body uh, today, um, to get to get their body to where it is today, which is the body you want, right? Obviously, because that's why you follow them and that's why you buy into their products. But they sell you something that is not what actually got them where they want to be. Here are some examples that might ring a bell. Might even ring a bell so clearly that you'll have a spinning image of a specific influencer in your mind as you read these words. And uh, I'm going to add real quickly in this as I'm reading this. Um, I did not name any names and I wasn't trying to, I mean, I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't trying to a little bit. I mean, I definitely had some like people in my mind as I was writing this. Um, whether they're, and the thing is, is like you might actually have the same exact people. So as I'm writing this, you might be thinking of this image in your head of somebody that is a fitness influencer who is duping you and who is uh, this spitting image of this fallacy I'm talking about. Um, but it might be somebody different than what I was thinking about because the reality is each one of these people that I'm going to name off, there's a lot of them out there, unfortunately. So here's person number one. The ex-CrossFit athlete who is jacked, lean, and athletic who promotes their method, quote unquote, to get you feeling great, looking even better, and loving fitness again. Yet they are jacked, lean, and athletic from the years spent being a competitive athlete. So what is it about their new program, quote-unquote, that's going to make you look like them? Nothing. Nothing at all, actually. Here's another example. The ex-physique athlete who binged and restricted, fell into terrible diet cycles, and developed a horrible relationship with food from training too hard and burning out or running their hormones into the ground, quote-unquote, but now they're selling healthy, happy, and heavier. So jump on their program and it'll give you a body that you love without having to eat less or ever jumping on the scale. But wait, they got lean from dieting and training their ass off for years, didn't they? And now they're happy, healthy, and heavier is still far leaner than most average individuals trying to lose fat today, right? And this one kills me to see, and it resonates, uh, and if it resonates with you at all, I know it kills you to just hear me talking about this and reading this, because the truth is, is they did use a deficit of calories, and they did train hard for years to see the success that they have. Yeah, they took it too far, and eventually it bit them in the ass. Obviously, that's why their hormones went to shit, or they burnt out, quote unquote. But that's just bad coaching and or obsessive tendencies on their part. But what's keeping them lean today in a way from going back to that negative place is far from what will get you lean. And that's the big point here. So unless they're going to sell you a course on how to mentally stay away from chronic dieting or binging and restricting after you've already done so, which honestly is just too far, uh, far too complex and psychologically complicated for those types of individuals to coach in my experience, they have no business attempting to sell you something that, you, you, you know, the thing that you were trying to buy from them or sell you something that is going to create the body they have because what's keeping their body today is not the same as what got their body to where it is. And that's the whole point here again. And I'm, and I'm talking as I'm reading this, so I'm reading it and then I'm ranting a little bit here too. But I think it's really important because it's not true. And here's the last one. The genetic freak who had abs in seventh grade but talks about their insecurities of being skinny or has sad stories about being the second string high school quarterback behind the star athlete who got all the attention. Wah. <laughs> but now they've successfully gone from zero to hero. 
and have the exact plan for you to do the same. And look, I'm sorry if that specifically uh, sounds a little biased because it might be. I was the fat kid, so a little bit different. But being the skinny dude in school, um, and this is where it could sound a little biased, so I apologize. But I mean, this is my reality. But being the skinny dude in school is far easier than being the fat kid in school. Like, I promise you that. And building muscle is not easier. I will give you that. Like, it's, it's definitely not. I'm in a place now where I'm trying to build muscle. It's not. It is not physically easier by any means. But mentally, it's far easier to eat more and lift weights than it is to eat less and lose fat, especially if you are insecure about your body weight. Now, I never want to take away from what some people go through because I've coached some ex-skinny dudes who have terrible stories about being bullied and shit, and I empathize with them. And I've also coached a lot of women who have terrible stories of growing up around judgmental teenage girls who bullied the hell out of them too. And, and I feel for that, and I'm prepared for that because I have a daughter, and I'm fearful of it, right? So that's not what I'm trying to point out here. What I am trying to point out is that you know the influencer who is clearly genetically gifted but acts as if they are not who was born with the glutes of a goddess but acts like the new booty builder plan did it in eight weeks or the one who has washboard abs but swears the keto diet and the daily ab circuit created it all for him in just 61 days or even the fitness chicks online who put on these habit-based fat loss plans yet they were a track and field athlete at age seven and grew up around healthy habits which means learning them as a pre-wired adult isn't a thing they've actually experienced or struggled with because they grew up around them as a child and it was ingrained in them at an early age when they were malleable. It's totally different and it's a totally different thing to try to coach. But let's bring it back here, right, to this actual fallacy, to the biggest fallacy in the fitness industry, in my opinion, uh, but specifically with influencers on social media because I could truly go on and on with these examples of these different people if I'm being honest, but the point is, is what got them there is not what they are promising will get you there. But that's exactly why I don't sell specific plans or programs. Like I offer coaching. My team offers coaching, right? And these individuals often offer programs. They offer plans. They offer training plans. They offer methods. They offer diets. We don't do that. We offer coaching. And that's like one of the big red flags that you can look for because really good coaches, they just coach and they understand that everything is individualized. But I want you to really think about this because the truth, the the thing that I'm trying to hammer home is not like debunking each one of these individually and really just ripping it apart and giving you a million examples. I just had to give you those examples and read from that newsletter so that you could hear and try to picture what I'm talking about. But like really think about all these influencers. All the influencers who have lean bodies, all the influencers who have hundreds of thousands of followers, all the influencers that you follow and you appreciate. I can almost guarantee that at least 90%, if not more, especially the ones that actually call them influencers, call themselves influencers, 90% or more of them, they have a body that you might appreciate, respect, desire maybe, but they didn't get that body by doing what they are selling today or doing what you see on Instagram today. They didn't. They got that body from doing all the other things in the past. Again, there's a ton of like hybrid athletes who do powerlifting and, 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 um, and they also do running and all these different things and they're like, buy my hybrid program. Yet all the research points to the fact that there is uh, a, a negative effect. There's, it's called the interference effect. Look it up. We've done articles on this. We've done research reviews on it. We've done podcasts on this. The interference effect happens with concurrent training. And when you try to be a hybrid athlete who is running marathons and also powerlifting and trying to bodybuild, you will get very little gains in any of those. 
most of the time what happens is they see a huge increase in, in results in one area because that area is foreign to them. So they start running, they see these huge spike of results and they just maintain whatever they had with powerlifting and bodybuilding. So they look great. Now you buy into it thinking this hybrid model, that's what did it. No, concurrent training didn't make them look like a bodybuilder. Bodybuilding made them look like a bodybuilder. Now they just maintain that muscle by doing a little bit of bodybuilding while they're running miles and miles and miles every day, right? That's just the reality. Or the CrossFit athlete who trained CrossFit as a competitive athlete for years and years and years and now is selling a different type of program to try to help you get lean and look physically like an athlete. But what they did to get there was two and three a day sessions, eating like an athlete, sleeping like an athlete, living like an athlete, which most of us can't do as normal human beings. So the, the, the take home point is really simple. Influencers got where they are from a lot of other shit. They did not get there from what they're trying to sell you. That's the fallacy. And even myself, if you were like, how do I create your exact physique? I would say, man, like you got to do a lot of different shit over a course of a decade. I mean, I did powerlifting specific programs. I did just bodybuilding specific programs. I went through different types of functional style CrossFit phases. Like I did all these kind of things. Was it one of those things? Probably not. But it was a, a few of those things. More than anything, it was just consistently live, lifting for a long period of time. And that's the other common thing you see with all these fitness influencers who look amazing. They've all been lifting for a long time. So no matter what they sell you, it's not going to work. Coaching works, period. So I'll get off that one because I could go on on that. But fallacy number one, fitness influencers got where they are today from what they are selling you on today, which is not the case at all. Number two, hormones over energy balance. This is a big fallacy that a lot of people fall for. They, uh, they buy into some hormone hocus pocus and they believe that hormones are the reasons they are not losing fat. Um, and before anybody gets mad at me for saying this, number one, it's not the case. Number two, it can influence it, but it's not the actual reason. In fact, even in the one to 2% of people in the entire world who actually have a very, very specific autoimmune and or hormone related ailment or, or illness or anything that actually does hold them back. Cause there are things out there, right? And there are some people that, that do get held back by this, but even in those cases, which realistically is probably like one to 2% of people, even in those cases, it still actually doesn't stop them from losing fat. It almost makes it just damn near impossible to do so from an adherence perspective, right? And I'll get into that soon. But the, the reality is, is that most of the time, as in like 99% of the time, it's never your hormones. Your hormones influence your energy balance. Your hormones don't change energy balance. See, energy balance is like gravity. It's the law of gravity, Energy balance is law of thermodynamics, right? It's science. It's proven. There's nothing we can do about it. We can't change it, right? That's just what it is, right? Uh, this table, it's hard. It just is what it is, right? That's probably a bad fucking analogy. But like the point is, is that energy balance doesn't change. Things influence energy balance. So for example, if you sleep like shit, you will lose less body fat. Now, does it make it impossible 
to not like can you lose body fat with bad sleep yeah of course you can so does sleep make it impossible to lose weight no it makes it very difficult because the vast majority of people who sleep very poorly end up having this linear degradation of recovery or muscle growth or even atrophy right the point is is as you sleep like shit day after day week after week your energy starts to drop consistently. Your ability to maintain muscle starts to drop consistently. Your testosterone, if you're a guy, starts to drop consistently. Cortisol, the stress hormone, starts to go up consistently, right? Your mood goes down. Your anxiety goes up. Your stress goes up. Like all these other things that are hormones, that are just habits, that are just movement-based things, um, capabilities like recovery, digestion, like things just don't function as well when you sleep like shit. So there are cases where people sleep like shit, but they are genetically in a position where they don't need as much sleep, which is there is a literal genetic and a DNA type that actually allows people to get by with less sleep. There's also people that have developed a higher capacity to stress, in my opinion. Um, that's the best way to explain it. But essentially, after so long of not really sleeping and still training hard doing those things, they can get by without doing it, right? Or they compensate in other ways. So they can still get lean while not sleeping very well or very much, but other things like work productivity, things like that, don't go so well for those people, right? So there's, there's definitely two types of people in this scenario. Um, but there's a lot of people who do not lose weight because all of their habits, their movement, their recovery, their hormonal processes, the things that do help weight loss, they slowly go to shit as their sleep has gotten worse and worse over time. And because of that, their energy balance equation is unfavorable, meaning they're not burning as many calories on a daily basis. So it is harder to create a deficit because their body's compensating by trying to recover. And then you're not burning as much because you are not expending as much fuel, quite literally, but you're not dropping your calories. If you dropped your calories, though, you would still lose the weight right? Because you would make up for that compensation. However, lowering your calories might be harder to adhere for, uh, to. It might actually cause worse training in the gym, so on and so forth. So it's like a cycle, right? But energy balance never changes. That's the equation that causes fat loss, plain and simple, right? So there are people who can get away with sleeping less and there's people who can't sleep, but people will swear by sleep does not, like if you have bad sleep, you can't lose fat. Like sleep stops you, right? If you don't get good sleep, you can't lose fat. That's not the case. Um, another, uh, another example would be hormones, obviously in this case, but there's a, there's a lot of these different ones, but hormones in general, right? So for example, a lot of people will use, uh, PCOS as a crutch. They will use menopause as a crutch. They will use, um, hypothyroidism as a crutch. And I don't even, I shouldn't say crutch because all of these things I've worked with a lot of women with all of those issues. I've worked with a lot of men with low testosterone issues. I've worked with plenty of people who have dysfunctional cortisol levels, even um, actual diseases that cause chronically elevated levels of, of cortisol and high amounts of anxiety. These are all hormone-related things. It's not fun, right? And it, it makes it very difficult. So me saying that it's a fallacy that people think hormones is important is not what I'm saying. That's not correct. The fallacy is that hormones are more important than energy balance or hormones like supersede energy balance. They're, they're above energy balance when we talk about like they're more important in the hierarchy, but that's not the case. So if, if a guy has lower testosterone, 
he's going to have a tough time burning more calories. He will uh, see a slowdown in his metabolism. He will build less muscle. Uh, muscle protein synthesis won't go as high. If he's not training as hard because his testosterone is low, that's an issue. Um, his mood will go down and his motivation will go down. That's one of the big ones for guys that a lot of people don't, that they fail to realize. But um, testosterone is what makes a man a man. And a lot of times, if you, all the time, if your testosterone is very low, you are going to see a big drop in motivation to do anything, to work hard in general. Um, a good way to look at this, uh, Andrew Huberman said it, and it's, it's a really good way to look at it, but um, testosterone helps hard work feel good, basically, right? And so because of that, if you don't get motivated to work hard, you're not training hard, you're not moving much, you're not motivated to diet well or stick to your plan, obviously you're, it's going to be harder to adhere to an energy balance. Like that's the biggest thing, right? Um, if you're chronic, uh, if you have chronic, uh, chronically elevated levels of cortisol, there's a lot of breakdown issues with that, with like maintaining and building muscle, but also that's actually what causes the, the biggest cause of fat storage from cortisol is not what people, there, there was a lot of like pseudoscience around this idea of like, if cortisol was high, then you would store more fat tissue around your stomach. And it's, there's very, very limited research there. There's some, but it's, a, it's going on a stretch. We did a podcast with, with our CSO, Dr. Brandon Roberts, on this. Um, the biggest thing is that actually you just have really high cravings levels. Uh, when cortisol is higher, you're typically hungrier. You're also, uh, you also have more cravings for, for sugary foods and, and, and highly palatable foods. Um, and you also tend to um, have lower inhibition, which is your ability to basically stay on plan. Um, for example, if you drink alcohol, your inhibition lowers and then you, you it's your decision-making filter. So if your inhibition's low, then you're just going to have worse decision-making, basically. So it's harder to stick to a diet if your cortisol is chronically elevated, plain and simple. Um, if your thyroid is low, you will see a slowdown in your metabolism. But does that mean that if, you're, if your thyroid's dysfunctional, you're screwed and you can't lose weight? No, it just means, unfortunately, you're probably going to have to create a bigger calorie deficit because your metabolism's probably a little bit slower and more adaptive than you would like, and that would be favorable. So if you have weight to lose, you might have to make a little bit more of an aggressive approach. Um, if you have PCOS, very similar. You might see a metabolic slowdown. You might have a tougher time uh, with carbohydrates if it causes insulin resistance, which is in some of the literature tied to it. But again, does it make it impossible? No. I've helped countless women get fat loss results, build muscle, all that kind of stuff with PCOS. Uh, menopause, same thing. Does it mean you can't lose fat? No, it just means it might be more difficult. So the fallacy is pretty simple, and I'm not disregarding the importance of hormones. Um, I've gone through uh, blood work and hormone testing, try to optimize mine because it is important. I've worked with countless men and women who have had hormone issues because it is important, and it does help this energy balance equation. It helps you build more muscle. It helps you lose more fat um, because it makes the process easier. It makes adhering to your energy balance, the, the right energy balance, better. Um, it makes the energy balance equation more favorable for you because you might not need to cut as many calories or you might build muscle more easily with the amount of calories you have coming in if your hormones are optimized. So it's important, but it never takes the place of which is also why it's ignorant for somebody to say your hormones don't matter. Energy balance is all that matters. And if somebody has a hormone issue, they completely disregard it and just focus on tracking calories. That's not, that's not the reality of how things work. That's not individualizing the plan to somebody. If somebody's hormones are messed up, you have to address that. The hormones aren't going to take control and, and wipe out the importance of calories, just like calories don't wipe out the importance of hormones. But if your calories are in the right place, your hormones will be optimized. In fact, your calories and macros, that's like your toggle. 
to improve your hormones. Certain macros help hormones in certain ways and your calories being in a surplus maintenance or deficit controls the output and the balance of your, uh, your hormones quite a bit. And just like that, your hormones can influence your calories. So if your hormones are running on, on good levels, you can actually probably eat more per day and maintain your weight. And after dieting for a really long time and your hormones start to take, take a shitter, you might need to recover those hormones before you adhere to the plan of the, the energy balance deficit again, right? So I can use a million examples and go back and forth, but the main fallacy is that it's one versus the other. And I think there's a lot of people who get duped by that because so many, uh, again, influencers and gurus, like they just talk about one or the other and nobody's really talking about both sides of the picture. And the reality is, is that's where the sweet spot is. That's where success lies. It's in the middle, like most things. And so you have to understand the bigger picture of both hormones and energy balance and how they act together and work together, not how they work in isolation and how one's more important than the other. And then the last fallacy is that there is a diet you can insert name here, that works better than the rest. Um, and this is easy, right? We just talked about energy balance, but that's what it kind of comes down to. So there's, there's really no grounds to stand on if somebody says that intermittent fasting is a better diet or keto is a better diet or paleo is a better diet or carnivore is a better diet. And if you hear anybody in the industry say that blank is the best diet or blank is a better diet than blank, and they don't say it depends or when blah, blah, blah situation is presented, they're full of shit and you can't trust them. Honestly, like that's what it is. They're probably, they probably don't actually understand the fundamental science behind nutrition and body composition changes and health and hormones and all these different things we've been talking about or they got something to sell, right? Plain and simple. And so if we look at those, I would say intermittent fasting is a good diet if somebody wants weight loss, they have a low stress lifestyle, they um, don't have sensitive hormones, so it might be better for guys. Um, they don't train early in the morning, and ultimately, the intermittent fasting just helps them adhere to the diet better, right? Because um, study after study has shown when calories are equated, there's no difference between um, intermittent fasting and just regular dieting and being in a caloric balance. Um, if I said keto, keto is not a better diet uh, because, you know, keto can work for some people. Uh, keto can work great for people with certain diseases like epilepsy and stuff. That's why it was actually invented in the first place. Uh, but for everyday people who want to lose weight, it, it's not better than any other diet unless it allows you to adhere to it better, right? But studies also show that it's not going to cause more fat loss than a regular diet because, yeah, ketogenic diets increase fat burning, but fat burning is different than fat loss. Like fat loss is when the net amount of total fat mass stored on your body drops at a significant rate. Fat burning is when your body is using fat for fuel. And carb burning would be the same thing. It's just carb burning doesn't sound appealing to anybody. Fat burning does because you store fat. So people think that because you're fat burning, you're, you're burning more stored fat. But the reality is you're actually just burning more fat that you're ingesting because you're eating twice as much fat as normal. And when you take away carbs and you eat a bunch of extra fats, your body's got to use something to walk, move, breathe, think, talk, <laughs> process, train, anything, right? So it's more fat burning. But the reality is, is, is studies have showed us no greater for net fat loss. And it's actually sub, uh, it's inferior for muscle growth and performance. And they've shown that in CrossFit athletes. They've shown that in endurance athletes. They've shown that in, uh, I believe it was MMA style, like mixed martial arts athletes. They've shown it in bodybuilders. They've shown it in everybody. Like, you will not train as hard. You will not build as much muscle and you won't get as strong by following keto diet, plain and simple. Um, does it mean it's a bad diet? No, it's a very specific diet for specific people. Um, if you look at paleo, same thing. Does paleo work? Of course. It's just food groups. I mean, as long as you're in a calorie, like if you just do paleo and you eat in a surplus, you will get fat. 
But if you eat paleo and that helps you adhere to a calorie deficit, you will lose fat. Same thing with carnivore. I don't like carnivore. I think it's missing a lot of nutrients. And I think it's, it's a little, it's a little too extreme in my opinion to restrict that many foods, but can it work? Yeah. I mean, if it helps you get into a deficit, of course it'll work. I got an argument with the guy about this because he said that, uh, he was following, uh, he doesn't restrict himself with, with carnivore based foods and he's been losing fat and uh, maintaining muscle. And I said, I'm like, Hey, like at the end of the day, if you eat just meat, you're eating probably more than enough protein. Um, number one, that's going to keep you satiated. So you might not feel like you're in a deficit, um, but protein is really difficult to store as fat. Uh, so you're probably in a deficit because you removed everything else. And it's extremely difficult to be, uh, in a surplus with just protein. However, if you have enough protein, uh, just a little bit more than your body weight, which is easy to do on carnivore diet, you're definitely going to maintain muscle tissue. So you might not be improving performance, but you might be maintaining your muscle. Um, but basically he'd said like, you don't have to be in a deficit when you do carnivore cause you just burn fat. I was like, okay, well, do you know where your calories are at? And he's like, no. I'm like, okay, so you can't prove me wrong. <laughs> and then he stopped commenting. So point being carnivore is not the shed. It's just about, unfortunately, energy balance. And I talked about this with somebody, a new client coming on board today. It's, uh, it's unfortunate that science is so boring. Like I wish there was some cool fucking sexy diet that was going to work, but every diet is, you know, at the end of the day, every single diet that comes out and then it gets studied. And as long as calories and protein are equated, it ends up equalizing and there's no special benefit to diet. There's no magic. There's no secret bullet, nothing. At the end of the day, that's why calories and macros work so well because at the end of the day, if you get your protein and you, you are in the right caloric balance, you will lose weight, maintain weight, or gain weight depending on what your goal is. And if we adjust the macros, that's the individualization like toggles essentially. We can make sure that you're maintaining muscle. We can optimize your hormones if that's what you need. We can fuel bodybuilding and muscle growth or fat loss if that's what we need. Um, and, and if there's any diet that trumps them all, it is macros. But the problem is, is you can't call it a diet because macros are metrics right? That's like saying long is better than short, right? And you're like, okay, well, what are you talking about? Are you talking about a road, a path, a table, a door, a floor, a, a stick, a tripod, a journal? I'm just like looking around me, a necklace. What are you talking about? You're just talking about long versus short, right? Or inches are better than feet. Okay. In what way? Centimeters over millimeters, man. What? Like, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, it's a form of metric, Macros are a metric. And if you do macros, if you track macros, I hate saying do macros. If you track macros, you use macros inside of a diet, you can be keto. You can be an intermittent fasting, ketogenic, paleo carnivore dieter. Like I actually think you can make that work. I think you can do all those things at once. <laughs> um, same thing with vegan. There's no research to prove veganism is better. Uh, in fact, most research that did support veganism being better for any type of health uh, marker um, it, it's been debunked when we, when we talk about food quality. So if you, if you equate for food quality, it changes. Same thing with like the, the red meat and cancer thing. Right. And that was like a big one for vegans. Cause they were like, ah, oh, this is it. Like red meat causes cancer. You guys should be vegan. But when you, when you take a red meat, somebody who eats red meat and you also add in enough produce, it actually changes that. 
Um, and, and when you add those correlations into study criteria, what happens is basically they rule out all the people who are eating, getting their red meat from McDonald's, right? The, the red meat studies done on when somebody's eating spam and McDonald's for their sources, they probably are more likely to be a smoker, to be a heavy drinker, to be somebody who doesn't eat very many vegetables, doesn't stay physically active, right? So when we actually control for those health lifestyle factors, but still allow red meat, all of those markers that could potentially cause cancer or illness or anything go away. And that's been shown. So the point is, is there's no good diet. The diet, the best diet is a diet that works for you. And if any of those diets that have a name on it do work for you, then fuck yeah, that's great. But if you come to me and you want to lose weight, I'm still going to need the numbers because the, it's like gravity, it's energy balance. The only way I can guarantee you'll lose weight is if we get you to adhere to a diet and we have numbers to actually ensure that you were in the right caloric balance, so deficit, to lose weight. Plain and simple. So the fallacies are pretty simple here, guys. Influencers got where they are today from what they are trying to sell you today, which is bullshit. They did not. They got to where they're at physically with their body from a lot of other stuff over the years. Um, the second one was hormones over energy balance, but that's not the case. It's not one or the other. They both work together. Uh, and one is not more important than the other. And if, if anything, energy balance is more important because at the end of the day, energy balance influences hormones. And even when hormones do influence energy balance, energy balance still trumps the fat loss equation. It just changes that equation a little bit, changes the numbers within that calculation. And then last but not least, there is a diet that works better than the rest because at the end of the day, it comes down to numbers. Guys, I appreciate you listening and I will catch you next time.